Let's talk about mental health. It's Michelle Pham, and I'm here today with Tyler and Cho. And you are listening to the first episode of our two-part look into mental health in Vietnamese Americans. So today we wanted to look more into the roots of mental health and how it manifests in the older generations, which includes first-generation immigrants who came to America, which for at least the three of us includes our parents who immigrated here from Vietnam as refugees. Yeah, so first we wanted to look into some of the causes of mental health issues that manifest in adults. And one of these is the language barrier. So I know for my parents, at least coming to America, they didn't know any English and just assimilating into the culture here without with that language barrier contributed to a lot of mental health issues because um, it definitely did cause a lot of barriers to working their way into the country. Can any of your parents' experiences relate as well. Yeah, definitely. I know like we're really privileged nowadays that we have like translations of um, brochure of medical service of like whatever you can think of, there's probably, it's probably translated in many different language and um, worker who can, who are bilingual or trilingual or even more than that are prioritized because they can serve like a variety of different um, different people and so our new generation and new immigrants coming into the country now have that privilege of being able to get access to translator and translated services but I know for a fact like when uh, first generation Asian American and Pacific Islander came to America that wasn't the case like they probably have to um, go through a lot of the things without knowing what it is without understanding anything yeah i honestly agree with that like for example my mom went through quite a lot considering that uh she was supposed to when she was leaving uh vietnam she was supposed to be living leaving with like her parents and her sister and her sisters but like uh when she was getting on the boat uh, her aunt pulled her back and she was separated with uh separated from her parents and her sisters for like about two years and then going to basically the u.s she was basically alone for like a long while not knowing the language which is basically english and having to learn everything her by herself before reuniting with her family so i know how tough it is how tough it was for her, especially when transitioning over to America. Yeah, it definitely sounds like extremely lonely. I feel like language is really important in being able to communicate these things, like especially expressing yourself and coping with these emotions and not being able to converse with the people around you just makes it so much harder to cope with mental health. And like even accessing treatment, like they probably weren't even able to access treatment or um, find a therapist they could talk with. 
So it definitely just sounds like a very lonely experience that was difficult to go through. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think there are also many other causes to the negative mental health within our first gen, like um, like the racism. Obviously, racism is never a pleasurable or even a good experience to go through. Like those are the last word I would associate with an experience of someone who have faced racism and discrimination. And um, and a lot of our first generation immigrants and people coming over from other countries have to experience this regardless of whether they're Vietnamese American or Asian American or not. And there's also that concept of the model minority myth of that new, of the American dream. They, uh, like I know, for example, for like the Vietnamese population who left Vietnam after the Vietnam War to go to America, they left their country and in most cases they will not be back. So they have to do the best that they can to stay in the country and to survive and to give their future, future generation a good future. But it's really hard to do without knowing the language. And that's just only one aspect of like the struggle that they have to face. Yeah, Drew, I actually have a question for you, which I'm curious about, because I know you don't count as older generations, really, but you did like immigrate here from Vietnam as a child, right? So how was that language barrier? Um, how did you experience that language barrier and how did it affect your mental health personally? Yeah, I actually came to Vietnam like knowing very little English. Like English is like a worldwide language so we had to learn bits and bits of it in like and when I was in elementary at the school at the time. And so I knew like simple things, but it was definitely not enough to be carrying on a conversation like this. Um, so like when I first came to America, it was really, really bad. Like I stayed in school. Well, I went to school as soon as I landed in America, but it was like the most foreign experience ever because I was just going through the motion. I didn't know what was going on like all the time. Like I could like I could see people speaking to me. Uh, people asking my name and that's probably the only question that I understood <laughs> but um, but like mental health wise I think at the time I was too young to understand what the, the effect of mental health and not knowing not feeling like you belong is like but I do recall like just being really left out and like maybe even wanting to go back which I'm privileged for because I did have that option of going back if it didn't work out but I know for many other people like especially people who left earlier than me or who didn't have as smooth of a transition as I did does not have that option of going back but um in my parents case they felt like a whole I'm pretty sure like although they don't explicitly mention it I'm pretty sure their mental health definitely plummeted during the time because finance was a problem the new like scenario like the new situation was also a problem and it was just everything was new and even though we have a better move than other people did it wasn't like we we knew what things are gonna be like you know and so um thankfully like we learned <laughs> and we have support from communities around us like other Asian American or other immigrants that just move at the time so 
by within like a year or two we adapted and I moved to California which had like a higher population of Vietnamese American so my parents and myself and my brother we all felt more um, include, included and we can feel the diversity and it just made the whole um, situation of living in America a lot better. Yeah, thanks for telling us that story, actually. It's, it, that's really interesting, actually. Like going to a different country, learning the language that you haven't, that's not originally your own language. Like, I know nowadays, like, some countries, they, in some countries, they uh, teach English as another class alongside your main language. So, like, you know, when you go out in the world, you can, you know, uh, communicate with other people. Like for my for my mom, she moved over to America when she, uh, she was a teenager, and there there's a like a small period like a a period of time when you're like really young. It's really easy to learn a language, but like when you go past that point, it's extremely difficult to learn a language, especially a different language. In fact, that's completely different from your own. So what I'm trying to say is, just like so, it must have been really hard on her, especially being alone and all of that to learn a different language at such a, an older age where I can't barely even learn Vietnamese or Cantonese and any aspect. Yeah, I think something that goes along with um, language barrier and learning language in a new country too, is just like cultural assimilation. So just like getting used to the cultural environment of a new place. And I think that really does influence mental health and older generations who immigrated here as well, right? Um, in a study that was conducted by Western Journal of Medicine on factors that affect mental health in adults, they found that it typically takes three generations for immigrants to fully adopt the lifestyle of a dominant culture, right? So if you're first generation, you've just come here and you're just like setting your foot down. So culturally assimilating is definitely going to take some time and it definitely contributes to um, like a lack of feeling of belongingness in a new country. And of course, that's going to take a toll on your mental your mental health, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think, um, like, as we have pointed out, like, repeatedly, it takes a toll on our mental health. So it's more important that, like, what we can do to help our mental health and help those around us who are experiencing um, negative mental health due to stress or other things that are happening in their life but I know one big problem especially in Asian um, culture is the stigma that's around mental health like um, some common problem is that mental health mental illness disorder regardless of their severe severity are usually grouped together and people don't really pay attention to mental health or mental treatment and usually like people consider mental health and is the same as uh, being sad or is the same as just having really high stress for a period of time rather than it being a prolonged issue that could highly affect your life yeah it's a common stigma that we've seen quite commonly among like basically all asian households even even my household too, like, <clears throat> and sometimes when you like bring it up for, well, the current generation, when they bring it up there, your parents would probably just be like, oh, just walk it off. You're just being sad and whatever. Uh, but it's, they have this mentality based of a, 
on how they were also raged too. They probably when they had these kind of feelings too, or were depressed themselves, uh, their parents probably told them the same thing. I know, especially for my dad's side of the family, uh, his parents were extremely harsh on him since uh, they, he, they, my grandparents were basically raising eight other kids and he was just one of the eight. Uh, he had a, a lot to do uh, to get what he wanted and just basically was did not get much support from his parents as he might have wanted. And so there were times where probably he was mostly likely depressed or anxious about things. And he didn't want to bring it up to his parents because he would know they would just probably yell at him or basically say, oh, you're just sad. You can just walk it off, essentially. Mm -hmm. I definitely see that experience manifesting a lot in Asian cultures. I think it really has to do with that cultural basis, right? Um, in Eastern culture, there's like a really big emphasis on the family and like um, contributing to the whole. It's kind of like collectivism, right? Whereas compared to in the West, there's like a sense of individuality, but really like that emphasis on the group makes it really difficult for you to express your needs as an individual, like your needs to seek help for mental health because you feel like you're bringing down the group, right? So that's like something that, um, it's a really big conflict you see in Asian cultures, like the idea of family preventing you from seeking mental health when it really shouldn't be that way, right? You can still contribute to the family and the group without while you're um, taking care of yourself as well. Yeah, I think to like add on to that, one of the things that I notice about like, not I, I wouldn't want to generalize it as being an Asian thing, but more of like a Vietnamese thing is that mm -hmm. we have like really high amount of like pride and sometimes it translates to being um, like fake in front of other people, you know, and just giving off that image that like everything is perfect, everything is going well, like nothing's wrong with me, everything is the way it should be or even better than it is. And so a lot of the time that would also translate to hiding your problems and not talking about it. And even within like, I guess, the safety of your own household, like those things are not accepted. Um, and I know, like, from my own experience, if living in Vietnam, like, mental illness is definitely not accepted, <laughs> at least within those that I know. And uh, oftentimes, it could be connected to religious reason. Like, if you have, like, a mental health problem or if somebody sees you acting kind of weird, they would say, oh, you know, some people would be like, oh, maybe you're possessed and it's connected to religious and spiritual stigma. And then because of that, the problem is just pushed under the rug. And that individual who was facing like a really bad episode of mental health, like they would be disconnected from society. They would be disregarded. And that's definitely not what we want to happen to anyone who's going through um a bad time in their life I know exactly what you're talking about like once you started talking I was like I don't know if this is a Vietnamese thing or like an Asian thing in general but it's definitely something I can see present in my family circles like the idea that we want to we want our family to look good in front of the others right and um, if you express your weakness through having mental health issues it'll make us look unacceptable to other people so you have to bury those types of things like um 
I've seen them express those ideals out to my family members too. And it's just like really tough to see. It's like a really big conflict of ideals. Like I need to seek help for myself, but you're telling me it's going to make us look bad in front of others. So like, how do I get out of this? You know? Honestly, images are everything to us for some reason. When you go over to like a family gathering and everyone's talking, it's like, oh, my son got into this school. My son's a doctor. My daughter, she's going to Yale. I was like, but they never talk about their problems, do they? Like, yeah. you you just, <laughs> you just seem to notice that a lot of problems happen within the family, but they, they never seem to get out to everyone else unless it got like, gotten like extremely serious. And the thing about like, uh, what you said about uh, when people uh, when people say that they're depressed, like or the family would probably just say, "Oh, you're possessed by the demons or like spirits or something like that." I feel like within like Vietnamese culture, especially, I've seen it happen to, to myself. Like a lot of Vietnamese people here are Catholic, and they would basically say, "Let's go to church. You're not going to church enough. You're probably <laughs> you're just probably being influenced by Satan or something like that." And it's just honestly like it's 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 a nice thought on paper. It's like at least it's an effort, but it's n- not really getting to the point where you, you seem like you actually want to help the person get better or something like that. Yeah, and I guess to add on to this problem of like just keeping it in and not talking about our problem is the issue of bo- bottling up emotions or thoughts or feeling, which as we all know, <laughs> it never ends up in a good position and that usually leads to a diversion of the negative thoughts onto family members as forms of stress or trauma and that just kind of increases the problem even more but it's like this positive feedback of just stress adding on to each other and then stress of not being able to talk about it and not being able to solve the issue that accumulates through the generation and I know now like living in America we definitely are able to talk about it more and discuss it more with um, our doctors or mental health specialists if you're able to get access to those services but everywhere else in the world especially in um, third world countries or in even in America and families that aren't able to access these services or um, they just don't talk about it because of the stigma, mental health issue is still a very big and important issue that are affecting these lives every day. Yeah, I feel like uh, what you just said is very prevalent and like within Asian men because like uh, how Asians believe like oh, men, you're not supposed to show your emotions and stuff like that. And you're not supposed to be sad or something like that. I feel like that's pretty, uh, a comparison I would make would probably be my grandpa on my dad's side of the family because the stories of what my mom used to tell me when she was dating my dad is that my grandpa used to be extremely like angry all the time and like always yelling at all his kids and stuff like that never showing any weakness and whatever but when, when I see him now I, I just see like that stereotypical old Asian man this is like he's like oh here come have a cookie or have some tea or something like that and it's like I, I'm just like staring at disbelief is like this man cannot be yelling at his own children but I just feel like 
he just you just get so old to the point where you just don't care about anything anymore and there's like not much to hide so you're just like this is sitting there relaxing being old you know Tyler it's actually like one of the things I noticed when I first met you but like you're very expressive um and willing to talk about mental health for a guy and it was just like really nice to see it's like very refreshing because in our culture it definitely does put um, a lot of pressure on men to hold up a certain image and prevents them from expressing their emotions right so I think that's like one of the steps to breaking through that um, that stigma and that standard is by being open and choosing to um, to express yourself regardless yeah I totally agree with Michelle and um, I think one like once like when I first met you and we follow each other on Instagram with the rest of the VSU intern group. Um, and I noticed like the daily mental health story that you would highlight on your story. I think those were some of like the stories that I really look forward to seeing every day, even if I'm not like feeling uh, especially stressed or anything on that day. It's just nice to have someone who's um you know, highlighting that you need to take care of yourself and that it's important to talk about your mental health as well as share about it. And so it's just like a really nice different to see, not just because you're a guy, which definitely helps our community more, but also just talking about it and making it like a normal thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. That's actually really sweet. Uh, but I feel like I could really do that because I've seen my fair share of like and experienced my fair share of like depressive episodes or like any other mental health related things. So I try to be a bit more open and uh, just rather not see it for anyone else or for myself. So I just try to try any small thing to make people feel better. Yeah, so I guess to continue on like the thought of what can we what can we do to help with these mental health issues? Like, I know we just talk kind of like about Tyler and having like his Instagram story highlighting that you need to take care of yourself and that you're important above all else. Um, but for older generation, I know like there are health fair, medical fair that are hosted by young adults, especially like college students who are usually more knowledgeable on mental health either because they're seeking about it themselves seeking it themselves or because they are um, taking classes they're training it or they're asking professionals to come to their events but I definitely do notice that it's a very helpful things like I know in within my community um, there have been people going to these fair and being able to learn more about mental health services and just trying it out and it definitely has made a positive impact in their lives. Yeah, I do think health fairs are really nice, especially because a lot of immigrant communities still have like a really big lack of access to healthcare, right? So it's helping bring these resources to them and those who need it. And in general, I think promoting mental health treatment in older generations can be very beneficial. I know it's like definitely a big um, barrier to overcome, especially with the stigma we've discussed. But yeah, trying to promote treatment and these um, methods of just like discussing these emotions and bottle up feelings and opening up the room for conversation can go a long way with topics like this. Yeah, I really enjoy that uh, 
more people are being open to like that mental health does exist and like trying to break the stigma through like some of uh, the events that we have within like VSU, whether it be like uh, HSC or like C admin, we also always have like one of those panels where it's like about mental health, especially because it's, it's something that basically everyone experiences. It's not just some sort of disease that people just attract. It's just something that everyone goes through and it's just needs to be addressed that not everyone can just go through it easily. It's like this brush it off saying, oh, it's just a sadness period. I enjoy the fact that uh, people are more aware about it nowadays. Yeah, definitely. And at our university, you see like a lot of discourse about mental health and a lot of people talking about these things, right? So in our next episode, we'll actually be going more into that and how mental health manifests in young adults and people our age. Yeah, so tune in to our next episode next week, but that will be all from us. If you want to hear more about our podcast, make sure to check out our website, which is neochantpodcast.com slash wixsite slash home. And you can check out our Instagram as well, which is also at Podcast. But yes, stay tuned and have a great week. Bye.